Just for the sake of transparency, I have had one glass of wine. I have this folder. I'll just describe it because the presence of the folder is just very um, tied to the sensory memory of this thing and the way I've carried it around for the last like 20 years. It's a purple folder. It is plastic. It's pretty like hard plastic actually and it has kind of like an engraved confetti type pattern on it but then on the front of it there's a tiny little label and it says important all caps three exclamation points underlined twice under that southbound not all caps just regular letters one exclamation point and this is scotch taped onto the front of this folder i used to call this laminating i would just take regular paper and tape it to death with scotch tape and i would call that laminating and southbound is a town that i created with my friend Alyssa. i am like positive that it was a thing when we were in fifth grade i don't even remember exactly when it started. I feel like a lot of the things that I'm running into when I'm just thinking about what to create, I'll have an idea and then I'm like, huh, why is that interesting to me? Why do I want to talk about that? And I try to do a little bit of solo therapy and like walk back and find out why it seems important and what I get hung up on. So very many things end up being about the shame I have for myself when I was a child. And I mean, if you've been following along, <laughs> you've probably heard it quite a few times already in just a few short weeks of doing this. I think Southbound, I would say the main year of this being done was 2005. This is a very clear reminder of how I used to be able to do things without question when I was a child. I do understand that, like, that's the just process of growing up. You're somewhat liberated as a child, then you learn things and it fucks you up, and then you have to learn how to free yourself again. Like, I get that's just life. But I also feel like people who are the most prolific with their work, and I, I, I also feel like I'm generalizing, but I do feel like people who are highly prolific with their work have probably somehow either never lost the thing that allows them to just throw shit at the wall or they've put like a lot of work into breaking down the gate that gets built in adulthood where you have to like vet stuff <laughs> before it even exits your brain. I have actually a lot of stuff on hand that is like work that I did when I was young. Like like not like schoolwork, like personal work, like things I wrote. I kind of thought that like looking at something like this, that is just so pure, like I fucking dare myself to look at this and think like, oh, you stupid idiot. What trite, <laughs> substanceless nonsense. Like I was 10 and I would like to spend a bit of time with the, the me who made this. Let's just pull out the map itself. The map itself is a lot sparser than I remember it being. Ooh, and it is very broken. So the map is nine pieces of printer paper taped together by scotch tape. So there's one piece of paper that is way more populated than the other squares. If you're wondering why I haven't mentioned what the point of this town was, what exactly it is I'm talking about, it's because there, there was no point. This didn't exactly have any world building purposes. I mean, it's sort of, I, th I feel like I kind of reverse engineered some. <laughs> All I remember is wanting to make a map of a town called Southbound. And there was this time in my life 
where any idea I had, I immediately got my friend Alyssa on board. I probably wouldn't have remembered what Alyssa's handwriting looked like, <laughs> but I can see it on this and it's very nostalgic to see her handwriting. So there's there's Main Street on the, the, the first, on, on like square one, we'll call it. Like imagine a grid of nine. It's the rightmost middle. Off the Main Street, there is a little town square, which I can tell is obviously very based off of the town square that was kind of in our town. It wasn't like a town square where you would like come to meet, but it was just like, it was a small shopping center with shops and a, a Talbots and jewelry store, shoe store, surf shop, because that's the kind of place we lived. Then there is a little cul-de-sac with, it appears to be one single house at the, not even at the very end. You know, it's kind of cute actually thinking about this. There is one house on the entire street, like not just the cul-de-sac, on the whole street. And it's actually in the same position as the house that I lived in on a cul-de-sac in Charlottesville. It's like if you drive down to the cul-de-sac, it's to the left. Means nothing, just a funny little bit of connection to me. Then there is this street that is clearly very significant. It, it kind of winds out to a big, like, it's clearly not a cul-de-sac because there is in fact <laughs> an arrow that says hole, <laughs> which means at the end of it, I guess there's a hole and there's some underground stuff down there. There's eight other sheets of paper that there's stuff on, but it's m the, the rest of them are much less dense. The other part of this is the address book. Whoa, whoa, wow, wow, what is that? Okay. <laughs> so the address book is five pieces of printer paper taped together by the long side. There is this kind of set piece that I very much forgot about of the Willow Tree Restaurant. Uh, just in case you want to give them a call, the front desk phone number is 858-2212. <laughs> and I can see on the back of this piece of paper, just for further information, the southbound area code is 906 which is in fact the reverse of our area code. I wonder if 906 is actually the area code for anywhere, hang on. It's the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. There were two proprietors of the Willow Tree Restaurant and they were Mandy Foster and Irene Foster. And those were alter egos for me and Alyssa. I was Mandy Foster, she was Irene Foster. Irene is her middle name. I don't remember much else, except for some reason the first, the number one first entry. Okay, so the number one first entry is Miss Rachel Hamilton, she lives at 1091 Crackle Court, which is that little house on the cul-de-sac that I was telling you about, the only house on the whole street or cul-de-sac. Her occupation was the restaurant Cridict, C-R-I-D-I-C-T for Southbound Times. There are some things on this page that are actually reaffirming to me that this was a fourth grade creation because there are some like characters from a one-off book that I read in fourth grade and like had to do a project on. And I guess I was like attached with them very briefly. And so once I was through that phase, I wrote in big red pen, moved across the entry. So yeah, in this little phone book here, it kind of lists all of these fictional people's name, address, phone numbers. That gives, <laughs> they all have a home, cell, and office number. And their occupation, which I'm sure is a thing that phone books actually say, like for Mr. Stephen Hopkins, it lets you know that he is the fourth grade teacher at Crestwood Elementary School. There's a lot of teachers, and then there's a lot of neopets. <laughs> it's like my neopets. And there's just like all of these businesses. There's fire, police, animal hospital. What is this? Furry friends pet shop. 
Mr. Danny Pretzel, Miss Linda Magdalene, Alan Spirey, what a name, S-P-Y-R-I-I, where the fuck did we get that? Reading's Theater, Collings Shopping Center, Dr. Westley's Office, Arrington Bed and Breakfast, M&T Movie Studio, M&T is a whole other thing, maybe, maybe one day if you're lucky, Carl K. Carter, Ebony Apartments, Julie Curl. I think she owned Curl's hair salon. Some nominative determinism. It's cute. Like, it is cute. There's no part of me that can be mad about it. I feel like there's a lot of things that I don't remember properly, and so the fogginess of those memories makes it very easy to assume the worst, I guess, you know? Assume the worst just, like, about myself, that I was, like, the most annoying, irritating child in the world. This kind of gives me a similar sense about my friendship with Alyssa. I feel like our entire friendship when we were children was me idolizing her because I thought she was so much cooler and more normal than me and dragging her into anything I wanted to do for like to, to give it validity like if I was just doing it by myself then that was nothing but if she was involved then like if, if she could get on board then oh this must actually mean something and I feel like that is still the way I work today I just I feel like so many issues that pop up could be solved by like forgiving my inner child honestly more so my like my outer child <laughs> if I have like the definition of these things right like my inner child I like actually feel like I'm at peace with a little bit sometimes like I let myself play and I do frivolous things I definitely like let myself indulge in nostalgia I seek it because it makes me like feel the good parts about being young I let myself tumble back into like interests I had when I was a kid I let myself do things that make me feel like a kid again but if I am faced with actual material evidence of things I did when I was a kid or like the way that I was, then like that's what makes my skin crawl. The thing is like, yeah, I can look back at this map and I, and I can be like, wow, yeah, that was a creative child. And I'm grateful that my creativity hasn't been like squashed completely. But I certainly don't let it just run free as much as I did when I was younger. That's the problem with doing things like this. I can observe, but I'm, I'm not actually, <laughs> I'm not healing anything just by observing. I can recognize every problem I have, but that doesn't mean that I can actually snap my fingers and fix it on my own just by being able to name it. Southbound is pretty cute though. <laughs> to say Doug's Cemetery? Sure does, Doug's Cemetery. <laughs> it's actually right next to Ron's Therapy. <laughs> Up here on Sapphire Ave, right around the corner from City Hall, there's Ron's Therapy and Doug's Cemetery. <laughs> this has been week four of 2023 and Me, a mini podcast where I make an audio piece around about 10 minutes, give or take, every week this year.